Welcome back in another Garage Talk with Jason Allen podcast. This one I'm actually recording from the bedroom. Last week I was over on the Oregon coast recording a podcast, and uh, that was with Jesse G over at her family's restaurant over in Brookings. That was a lot of fun. And uh, this just kind of popped up, and I thought this might be an awesome idea for a podcast. And uh, obviously I'm biased because it's my podcast, but. Uh, I learned about the Corbin family, Erica and Matt and I, uh, friends with my morning show partner, Ashley. And uh, you guys are from Washington. She's from Washington. And she was telling me uh, the story about you guys deciding to sell everything, buy an RV and hit the road. And uh, what a wild Mm. idea, especially right now. (laughs) <laughs> it's nutty is what it is. <laughs> we are a little bit crazy well what's funny about so, it is that i have been talking to her and i've talked on this podcast mm-hmm. about the dream of going on an rv trip across the country but time kids we have five kids you guys have five kids and obviously mm-hmm. you decided to jump into it which we definitely want to get into but before we get into that rv trip i just want to kind of set the stage a little bit so that people know you're right now in south dakota you're from mm-hmm. Washington, you're on this RV trip, and we're going to get to that a little bit later, but I want to I want to back up because I feel like there's probably a lot that happened with the two of you before this RV trip, considering you do have five <laughs> kids. How many years ago did you guys get married? We got married 12 years ago. 13. Almost 13. Is it 13 now? Oh yeah. my gosh, I can't yeah. even keep up. <laughs> 13 years ago. Yeah. Love at first sight. We planned our wedding day the first week we met. And um, didn't plan to have this many kids or plan to have them right away. It just kind of started happening. And so here we are, big family. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you guys got married, you know, everyone for the most part has some type of dream, right? Whether it's the white picket Mm -hmm. fence and the the perfect Mm -hmm. house. What did that look like for you guys? Did you have any kind of plan? Yeah. So like we met in music class at college. And and so we both had these kind of grand ideas about having music careers. And, um, but, but along with that, of course, there's, there's all this other stuff, the stuff that society and the American dream kind of tells you that you want and, and it confuses you. And it's hard to know kind of all the time what you want mm-hmm. and it's easy to get that mixed up especially when you start adding in like responsibilities and and friends and family telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and i think we finally got to that place where we were like we we really narrowed down because we realized whatever we were doing like maybe fitting into uh, cultural norms or or expectations it wasn't it wasn't connecting to what we felt inside and from the beginning what like we really wanted to be doing and maybe should be doing mm-hmm. yeah we've always mm-hmm. felt a call to do music and um and to you know kind of bring a deeper meaning with with whatever we do and wherever we go and like maddie was saying we for a while we were kind of stuck just doing kind of the american dream thing like we bought a big house and we were remodeling it every year would go by and we'd be like we're still not doing what we feel like we're supposed to be doing. And so that kind of was the motivating factor for us to finally take that leap of faith and say, listen, we need to sacrifice basically all of our comforts <laughs> and push ourselves into this situation where we're forced to start doing what we really feel called to do. Even if it's a major failure. <laughs> right. <laughs> <In my opinion. laughs> yeah. I'm curious how 
you end up making that decision? Is it a conversation that happens over a period of time or is it one day you wake up and go, you know what? It's time. One of you maybe says it's time to go. You know, how did that come about? Yeah. Like every year it seemed to be just like, if we're here doing the same thing a year from now, mm-hmm. we have to do something different. And that happened for that. about like 10 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple of years, we just kept saying the same thing. And then finally, last fall, we were like, all right, this is it. We're done. We're done saying this. We're done talking about this. We're just going to do it. And so he worked really hard to finish up remodel projects so that we could put the house on the market and sell. Um, and it sold really quickly. So. Yeah. I mean, from the time when we decided absolutely this is it, that was like last September, mm-hmm. uh, 2019. And we thought, you know, I don't know, maybe we can sell it by the end of the year. Wouldn't that be beautiful? But it actually took about six months of work to do to prep the house mm-hmm. because it was it was a work in progress. And, and so we weren't able to finish all the things. And, and that was hard, too, I think, to say, like, we have this dream of finishing this big, beautiful colonial home. And we had to decide that we weren't going to finish it. We were going to give that to somebody else and and Mm -hmm. kind of forfeit a portion of that dream, a dream that I think was valid and was probably really valid for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But for us, we had to say, all right, we're going to take it to the part where it needs to be so that we can, we can strike out so we can sell this and, and strike out on kind of a new adventure. So were the two of you, did you work nine to five jobs or what were you doing you know, to feed the family. Yeah. I, I was a realtor. Um, mostly I still have my license and, um, and and so that, you know, selling, selling houses, which I enjoy. And I, I, you know, I grew up doing construction and stuff. So there's, there were certainly moments of that that I enjoyed, but it was still like, it wasn't connecting with what I wanted to do. It It was a passion. Yeah. it, It was more just like, this will make money. Yeah. And I had done a lot of other things besides that, that never was really like connecting with, with what I knew I I wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I've just been making music for the past 10 years and, um, would play at places and, you know, get a paycheck here and there and help supplement the income. But for the most part, just stay at home mom and taking care of the family from home and homeschooling and homeschooling. (laughs) What was that like when all of this COVID stuff happened? Was it just that much easier for you because you're already homeschooling? I I see all these parents. I know my sister's talking about homeschooling next year and a friend of hers, and Mm -hmm. they're talking about doing some kind of cooperative situation where they trade off teaching certain things with the neighbor kids because of the situation and and not wanting the kids to have to go back to school. So I'd imagine for you it was probably pretty smooth, I would guess. Well, yeah. I mean, it was weird because a lot of the shutdowns happened in the process of selling our house. So we were already like stepping outside of our house and outside of everything that had been normal for us when everything went abnormal for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was raised, I was homeschooled all the way through school. Um, I, I did, went to a community college. Erica mm-hmm. was homeschooled some and we've homeschooled. I was mostly public schooled. I only took like half a okay. day for one year and I was like, <laughs> I'm too social for this. So the idea of homeschooling was a little bit daunting, but um, Matt and I has helped and it's it's actually working out really well. Our kids are loving it. And we, especially now that we travel, we love the freedom to be able to do school anywhere in the country. And not only that, but there's so many more, um, so many more tools that are available to parents who want to homeschool. Uh, like when my mom did it, they did, they did cooperative 
homeschooling with uh, people in the community. And, and we every week we'd go and do a co-op and different moms would teach different subjects and stuff. And and we'd even do um, musicals and <laughs> different mm -hmm. different uh, science projects, all kinds of things. Right. The whole the whole gamut of things. And it's cool to see that that's kind of coming back because people, I think, are disenfranchised maybe with the public school system. At least that's kind of what I'm hearing. And then, of course, just not knowing, like, what is school going to look like for, for people in the new year or in the new school year? It's a, it's a strange time, but I'm excited to see more people homeschooling because I think for a lot of people, it's, um, it's good because it stretches the parents. Uh, stretches the kids too, probably, mm -hmm. but it, it makes you have that intimate connection with mm -hmm. your family and, and you know, what's going into your kids' brains. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And it's, it's, I, it's gotta be hard for parents out there. And I know for us to go through this situation with, well, five kids, it was four and then it was number five mm -hmm. in the middle of it all. But to have three elementary school students at the same time, you know, trying to sit on the couch or at the desk or wherever, and one's screaming, one's crying, one's <laughs> laughing, and one's rolling yeah. around here. And it's like, it's, it's a lot to manage with kids, you know, that really close is. together. I have a lot of respect for teachers because they have like five times more kids than I do in their classroom. And I just... It's, yeah, no, it's, it's an exhausting thing. It you really can't is. ever say like, oh, you know, oh, I'm just, I, I don't know. Some people portray themselves like Instagram, but they have, they've done this for like 35 years <laughs> since homeschooling started to become kind of popular. It is there, there's some people that just seem perfect at it and just happy about everything. But I don't think it's ever that. It's just it's often miserable. Work. It's often difficult. <laughs> and, Not miserable, just work. It's there hard. is misery involved. I don't know. I, there, there's. I mean, I had to play the vice principal. I'd come out of my work room yeah. in here, which is my bedroom yep. uh, where I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> yep. But I'd have to step out and be like, okay time out like mom's given everything she can give they're not yeah. listening yeah. now and it's so there, talk is, to the principal. There, there is times <laughs> yeah there is times where it's like oh, this is chaotic this is difficult yeah. you know yeah yeah, yeah absolutely uh, but but i think uh, I, that's that's why a lot of kid, people send their kids right because it's yeah. like i want a break. break from this um but i think there's a big reward mm -hmm. anytime we chase the thing that's difficult chase the thing that is valuable we like tend to resist, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to resist anything that's not like sitting on the couch eating potato chips. <laughs> yes. Where are you guys actually right this second as we're recording this? Because you've got a makeshift studio together and I just want to paint the picture for people listening because they're not going to see yeah. the video, at least not on my end, unless you guys have it and share it somehow. We are but... videoing a little bit and you'll get a little sense of it. So what we have is we have a big uh, A-class RV that we bought a couple months ago mm -hmm. and a 20-foot trailer. And, oh, wow. and when we travel, we put our SUV into this trailer and that's where we're staying right now. And then when we park, we pull a the um, SUV out and we put up these sound kits and everything. And this is our recording studio in the front half of our uh, cargo trailer. I was going to ask you if it and, was an and, enclosed trailer by looking at the uh, ceiling there. Yeah. Yeah. You can see kind yeah. of the, these uh, box rafters, but um, our trailer right now is parked in um, the Black Hills of South Dakota um, as, because, well, we're here because South Dakota has a lot of laws that are really, um, Helpful, to, yeah, and convenient for uh, nomadic people. Make it really easy in terms of laws and taxes to be 
nomadic to travel around. And so you'll see a lot of people who travel around domestically or internationally that have their residency. South Dakota license here, mm. you know, or, or the residency. Those license plates. That's why you see those license plates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, there's a more shady thing that some people do and they'll buy an RV somewhere and then they'll set up a shell corporation in Montana so they don't have to pay the sales tax. <laughs> but, um, that's not what we're doing. We j legitimately uh, um, enjoy Western uh, South Dakota, mm -hmm. and um, but we will be traveling here for at least a year. And that's your plan to be traveling for a year. And I know we're going to bounce all over the place because there's a lot of different things I want to <laughs> talk to you guys about. But I swear you guys were in Arizona a couple of days ago. Is that? Is it, am I <laughs> yeah. wrong? We moved yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, we were. It, well, it was a month ago when we purchased our RV, and and then we got it took a while to upload that video. So we were a little bit behind reality in oh, terms okay. of our social media posting. Um, we're catching up though. Yeah. So that was just about a month ago. And actually right after we left Arizona, got a little bit more strict about moving around. <laughs> so what is the so, plan as far as moving around? Because if you were in Arizona, so let me just back mm -hmm. up. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So <laughs> when did you start? When did you roll? Because you're from Washington. So when did you leave Washington? Mm -hmm. Did you leave Washington to get the RV in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We had been looking for four or five months for an RV and just kind of narrowing down what would work for us. And we finally found one in Arizona because we have so you know five kids and, and we have a lot of specific needs and needs to be able to pull this trailer. And so we decided we we actually had to leave a lot later than we wanted to just because of all the covid shutdowns and not being able to do any paperwork or legal stuff and so finally at the uh, middle or end of may um we rented a car and drove down to arizona where this uh, rv was that we had spotted and 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 had inspected and and it worked out and then we drove back to washington in a couple of days and kind of loaded it and prepped everything. And now I think I, we're officially on our quest. <laughs> I have to know a little bit more about this RV because as a guy with five kids like yourself, mm -hmm. I, I, I want to know, does it have bunk beds like mine does? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was a, that was mandatory, right? We had to find an RV with bunk beds and not only does it have, it has two bunk beds, but it has a big pull down queen that comes down, um, over the driver's seats. Okay. So, so then there's a couple kids that sleep up there and on the bunk beds and then the baby right now, he just sleeps on the floor on a couple of blankets and that works out for now, but, uh, we'll figure out when he gets bigger, we'll figure out something else. Yeah. We didn't get the one that has the drop down queen above the, the driver area up front. But uh, mm -hmm. ours definitely has the bunk beds. And even this past weekend, we used it for the first time with all five kids. And yeah. so we had me on the bottom bunk, our oldest on the top bunk, and then the three kids in the king bed in the back. And then my wife took the couch up front so she could put the portable crib <laughs> up and have the baby up front because obviously she's still nursing in the middle of the night and at right, all hours. Right. So so I was in the I'm 5'10 and in the six-foot bunk you know, maybe six <laughs> feet. And, uh, it actually worked out pretty yeah. well, but I was thinking about that because I had learned about you guys a couple of weeks before that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. man, how, how are they doing it? You know, cause I, I, I saw the picture <laughs> of the RV, but I didn't know, you know, what you had going on inside. And it's a challenge when you have so many kids trying to get them all to fit in there. It is a challenge. Yeah. We'll be posting a video here shortly, uh, maybe in the next week or so, uh, walk through so you can see it. 
um, what it, what it looks like, but it's, a uh, it's working out pretty well for us. The, the master bed there is a, it's only queen size though. And I'm six feet tall and my, <laughs> I've learned to sleep with my feet hanging off the end. Right? <laughs> He's moving. He had to, uh, downsize from a California King. So this little short queen isn't really <laughs> impressive for him. It's a little more, we're making it work. We'll call it right. <laughs> so tell me about going across the country as you roll out, you know, on this voyage, do you have a plan in place as far as where you're going to go and what you want to do when you get there? Or did you just point the RV east and go for it? (laughs) We had this whole grand plan. It was all perfect. I had done tons of research on where to be in the country based on different seasons for perfect optimal weather. And we're going to go across the top and up to Maine and then down the East coast and to Florida and then be, you know, around the side, do this whole big loop in a whole year. And then we were two months behind because of the quarantine. And so now what well, are that, we going to do? And, no? <laughs> and the quarantine, you know, and the, the other social issues that are going on around the country, we've decided to avoid state, some states altogether. And, um, and that's a little bit disappointing, but there's so much um, in some of the states that we feel still, I don't know, free to yeah. explore. There's so much here um, it, mostly in the Western part of the country that is really, really amazing because what we're doing here um, on the road, we're not just, we're not vacationing. We're actually working harder than ever. Mm. (laughs) We're, we're trying to record music and then record music videos and then explore the great national parks and and other um, amazing natural wonders of of this country and and to make videos of that. So video uh, vlogs and things like that. Um, and of course, there's things that we would have loved to see on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And we but, still might uh, get over there. We're just going to wait a little bit and kind well, of. Yeah, we'll see, see kind of what happens, uh, maybe uh, socially and politically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could probably spend 10 years out there on oh, the road oh, and, and yeah. never see everything. But uh, you're talking about, so true. you know, it's not a vacation. It's, you know, w- w- what what else do you guys want to do while you're out there? I mean, obviously, you, you want to be inspired. You want to make some music. You're, you're sharing through social media channels. Yeah, yeah. we're staying really busy doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how long it takes just to edit video or to, um, mm-hmm. to, to record something or to find, you know, 20 minutes where the kids can, like, do some school or do some reading or mm-hmm. taking naps where we can actually come out here and get to get some work done. Yeah. Um, but the, the other part of it is that we want to like expose our kids to a bunch of different things, uh, both, both natural and, and maybe industrial, you know, to do these um, tours of places and, and make that part of their education that they're kind of learning about the world Um firsthand tangibly hands-on what a great idea yeah walking through your history book rather than just reading about it and i'm sure i mean you think about the lessons that they're going to learn from it and obviously it's hands-on but also they're learning the lessons of oh we wanted to go here but that's not an option because of what's happening Mm -hmm. whether it be the social issues that you talked about or the fact that places are shut down maybe they wanted to or a factory and it's not an option because it's closed Mm-hmm. Yeah, so flexibility is a huge part of the the learning process, um, and I think that's probably 
the biggest thing for most of the country is is learning flexibility is like mm-hmm. suddenly everybody's routines have gotten disrupted and you have to be able to like dance around the puddle on the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so let's shift gears just a little bit i know we've talked about music but i want to know for you erica what it was like participating in season 12 of the voice that was an experience of a lifetime for sure um you know you go into those kinds of things with high hopes and i thought you know this is it this is like my big breaks my big chance um and i was in process with them for like a year I had several interviews that I had to go through or auditions, I guess. <clears throat> and each time I would do the songs and then I'd go home and I'd think, oh, I, I didn't make it. I'm not going to advance to the next level. And then like four months later, I'd get a call saying, hey, you've moved up to the next level. And that happened several times and finally um, ended up in L.A. for a month preparing for the blinds. And um, that whole thing, like such a crazy experience and the people are super, super cool to work with, but, um, they, you know, they call it a reality show, but it's really, it's, it's really more like scripted and kind of planned. And, um, well, it's planned I, and there's like, there, there's these parts that are just kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's, like pick of the draw, right? Look, yeah, it really is. And I, I kind of drew a not so great hand when I was the very last performer on the third night and most of the teams were full. And so, and Blake told me, um, off camera, of course they don't air this, but he's like, yeah, I totally would have picked you if you'd have been here a couple hours ago, but my team's full of girls. Uh. And so, um, so I was really sad to have made it that far and to sacrificed, you know, a month with my family and, Um, it felt kind of like a major letdown, like one of the biggest failures of my life. But looking back now that I've gotten some distance from it, I realized, um, how I think it really has made me stronger because before when I would watch somebody auditioning for a show like that, I would literally shake. I would feel so nervous for them and think I could never do that. But yet when I had my chance to do that. I walked out on stage in front of 12 million people and I sang my song and I, I didn't forget the words. I totally nailed it. Um, I think, I don't know. I just, for me, it built a lot of confidence and I just realized it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing for me. It wasn't the right time. And I'm, I've made my peace with that. (laughs) So, yeah. Do you look back at it now, now that you're in South Dakota in a, class a motorhome dragging a enclosed studio that you're uh, doing a <laughs> podcast out of right this second do you look back at it and think okay you know that was a good learning experience but this is where i'm supposed to be oh absolutely yeah and you see people who are still kind of in la they're still doing the grind and they're still you know chasing the dream and for me the dream has shifted so much i've realized and even honestly even that month that i was there i realized this isn't what I want. I don't want to be in this big metropolitan area. I don't want to be just kind of like struggling next to all these other people who are just like 
trying to make it, you know, it's like, it's a very different world in LA. And for me, I think it's the beauty of the music industry that has shifted so much is that you can be anywhere and you can be doing anything like Matt and I has worked really hard to research and to get the equipment that we need so that we can be literally anywhere in the country recording music. We can release it from wherever we are and do it kind of on our own schedule with our kids. And, um, I don't know, to me, that's the dream. It's not, we're not doing somebody else's agenda. This is very much um, what God has put on our hearts to do. And depending yeah. on what, and I think like what you're saying, like in, in LA, like a lot of people, whether they're like pursuing acting or, or music, you kind of lose yourself in the pursuit of the thing. And, and I think that weakens it. And I, I see that too, like in myself or in, um, in just like, the average person like you're like oh i want to i want to work hard and save up this money so i can retire but i want to enjoy my kids but you you kind of a, a lot of times i, I saw myself and i see in other people losing the value of the moment mm -hmm. in pursuit of this this thing and, and that's still a challenge for us it's like this, this is not all like dreams and, and roses oh, yeah. and everything being out here it's like this is hard this is a struggle mm -hmm. and, and the biggest the biggest struggle i think is like enjoying the moments yeah it's like being reminding myself is like you'd think it would become so natural to say like <laughs> obviously like this is what i wanted and here yeah. i am but it's not it's like yeah i there's still fights with the kids there's yeah. still like tiredness and mm -hmm. worry about like finances and all this other stuff and i have to be present in the moment and be like here i am mm -hmm. let's enjoy this yeah let's let's not lose myself in the pursuit of this dream totally well and, and i think those the moments that we do have the moments of peace and of clarity and of comfort are so beautiful and so wonderful that it helps you to forget all of the chaos that got you to that mm -hmm. moment. So at least that's how I've been feeling the last couple of days. Like we have struggled. We have really struggled to get to this point where we can even stand here and have a podcast with you. Like, mm -hmm. you know, getting the kids to be quiet and training them to right now they're in the RV reading and the baby's asleep. Um, it's been a struggle just to even get to that point. Like last night, it was so cool. We finally had a minute to come out to the trailer and start recording some songs. And we just looked at each other, like almost in tears, like, finally, <laughs> here we are, we're doing this, you know, but like, it is not easy. It's really not. Yeah. And I was, as I was setting up for, uh, this podcast, I, I was connecting the microphones and everything and remembering how, you know, 10 years ago, I so wanted to have what we have now and to realize like, Hey, here I am. Right. And I, I'm not rolling in money or I'm not rolling in fame or any of those other things. But like, this is a part of a long-term process. I, yeah. I can do things now that I only dreamed about doing both from a technical perspective and in a physical, like, Hey, I have the thing I can do it. And yeah. I know how to, yeah. how old are the kids? Our daughter is 12, so she's the oldest, and we have a 10-year-old son, a 6-year-old son, and a boy who just turned 5 today, and our little baby who's a year and a half. That's great. So, see, we're, we're pretty close. I have 11, 9, 7, 4, and uh, 3 months. Nice. So yeah, we're, we're kind awesome. of Yeah, that's good. You know, I like them close like that. Yeah. I think it's good because they can really be... They're good friends. Friends. Yeah. I mean, it's harder for the parents a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and do you guys 
think it gets harder the more you have, or do you think it gets easier? Yes. <laughs> In to ways. I mean, yes, to what I part? was thinking about it actually yesterday um, as I was getting some stuff done, and I was able to send our 12 year old to the park with the little toddler and say, hey, watch him on the slide, you know, and she's a pretty good babysitter now. I couldn't have done that with her. You know, I didn't have any help. Yeah. And so it is nice. The older ones do help. They're able to help clean up and organize things. Um, I think in ways there's always, it's always more challenging when you throw in another will into the mix. We have five little wills that we have to deal with on a daily basis, but in general, I think, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's these five wills that you have to like guide them direct and yeah, <laughs> help them all get along. But I was going to say like some kids, like some personalities are so different. Like our, our seven-year-old, he could just sit in one spot for the whole day yeah. and just like play Legos and blocks and yeah. read books and whatever. But our five-year-old, he needs constant interaction oh, yeah. with as many people as yeah. possible. He's very <laughs> so, extroverted. <laughs> if all of our kids were like our seven-year-old, oh, we'd easy. be a lot more productive. And he's he's almost seven, but he's the kind that like he'll fold his clothes at the end of the day and put them neatly away. Or, you know, if they're dirty, he'll put them into the dirty clothes bin, whereas everybody else is just like all over the floor. And I'm like, you guys, it's right here. It's really not that hard, but it's just so funny. They're different personalities and how you start to learn who they really are, like who they were made to be. And so trying to shape and build their character as we go without losing our minds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 10 of 10 recommend having um, multiple kids. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. I know that more recently I've noticed that my oldest likes to jump into any and all conversations and mm -hmm. as soon as someone yep. says something she'll say you're like hang on yeah. were you a part of this conversation this for you <laughs> she's like no this is how it went and i go and I, I can't tell you how many times i'm standing with my mouth open as a guy who talks for a living uh -huh. staring going i said and now I, I i don't fight it anymore i just look at whoever mm -hmm. is in the now a three-way <laughs> conversation and i just look at him and go She's going to take it from here, I guess, because yeah. like, <laughs> maybe okay. she's made for radio. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, she's she's been in the studio numerous times and she she's definitely nice. one of the, the ones that could do something like that. But it's awesome. um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you talk about trying to get things done because I was thinking about you guys obviously getting ready for this. But I had a conference call. So my life goes like this. I do the morning show from well, right now it's six to nine. And then I get mm -hmm. done with the morning show, instantly go to my sales job, which is advertising, marketing. And it's not just radio anymore. Yeah. We have a whole digital arm. So now I'm going through all this sure. stuff that I'm still learning about. And so I had an hour and a half con conference call with our digital guy and pouring over reports and numbers. So I'm like, radio mm. guy over here, morning show guy, funny, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Then numbers guy <laughs> over here. And then I got oh, done. No. And then there was a phone call. And then I there's a guy coming to work on the RV. Matter of fact, he was calling me in the middle of this, but I screened him. But... So I walked out to the kitchen being, you know, seeing that I'm working from home and my wife's like, what do you want for lunch? I said, whatever I can have for lunch that can get me in this kitchen and back into the bedroom, mm -hmm. quote unquote studio by 1230. Yeah. That's all I care about. Like I just need, I don't yes. care what I eat. I don't care how warm it is, how cold it is. I just need to get something to get me back in there because there's kids everywhere. You know, it's summertime. Mm -hmm. They're all here. Well, they've yep. been here for months anyway, but you know, and one right. wants this, one wants that. And it was just so chaotic. And I'm like, you guys are dealing with the same thing, but you're in an mm -hmm. RV all the time. You know, I was in mine for a weekend and I know how chaotic that is. So <laughs> I imagine. Well, I think when you zero. have ideas like you do, like you're an entrepreneur, you have these visions and dreams. And when you're kind of a dreamer like us, you have a lot of 
ideas that you're trying to accomplish, things you're trying to do. And we looked at each other yesterday and we just said, there's too much. Like we cannot possibly accomplish all of this. And so I know you kind of get that you're wearing a lot of hats and sometimes you just have to step back and say, all right, what has to be done? Because it, it literally all cannot get done, at least not this week. And more than ever, the average person has to wear all of those different hats they have mm -hmm. to do or, or they at least we feel like we have to do all of those things oh, yeah. from like being present on social media participating because especially right now that's like the primary way anybody has any social interaction mm -hmm. and, and then caring for your kids and then a lot of people are into sports or into extracurricular things there's so many different different requirements on the modern family the modern person yeah. right that is uh I don't think that existed. Even like mm -hmm. our, my parents didn't deal with that. Well, if right? you think about musicians back in the day, you know, like in the era of record deals, all they would do, they would sing and they would do their thing and they, their record company would do all the producing mm -hmm. and the marketing and all that for them. Now, as musicians, we have to do all of that ourselves. We have to literally be every single person every department every of the de record yeah, uh, label it has to be performed that by us, us. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that you know it's kind of kind of like you and, and for other people who strive for other things you know uh, whatever it is like little um side hustles and things mm -hmm. you have to do a lot of times you got to do your taxes and keep track of your your paperwork and then you yeah. also have to become a great photographer and you have to right. <laughs> figure out social media marketing and algorithms and all this other stuff mm -hmm. that um that's that's a be, lot it can right? be very overwhelming one of the one of my favorite analogies that kind of i remind myself of when i start to feel overwhelmed is put the big rocks in your jar first mm -hmm. and then everything else will kind of trickle down and fill in the rest of it but if you get your big things in first the things that are the most important to you the things that are most valuable and that you know this is my calling this is what i need to be doing my purpose in life you get those in your jar first the rest of it will fall into place as it should. Well, and, and too, like putting those rocks in the jar in the first place. And I think this is the big thing about like, how is it not absolutely chaotic in, in an RV for more than three days? And the, there's this great quote um, that our pastor used to say. He said, um, trucks, uh, like semi-trucks, drive straighter with a heavy load. And the idea is that we're all a little better off with responsibility. And our kids, we've certainly noticed that. And when we give them things to do and we hold them to a high expectation and encourage them to use their imagination how to accomplish things, they tend to fall in line in a, and be a lot more helpful in a lot of other ways too, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great point. Um, you know, because oftentimes they, well, there's just a lot of situations where kids aren't, you know, held accountable and given responsibilities. And, mm -hmm. and so often these days kids are attached to electronics all the time, you know, because it's the easy thing mm -hmm. to do. I know that, it is. you know, it's so easy. Easy. I, yeah. we were talking to some friends of ours the other day and they were, and whether this is right, wrong or indifferent, it was like, Oh, well, our daughter needs a, she needs a little bit of her time. She needs her tablet time. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that, that, that's one way to do it. Our kids have to more recently we've, you know, my wife decided to, First of all, they didn't really get to use tablets or iPads, but now they get to a little bit, but they have to earn the time. So mm -hmm. pretty soon mm -hmm. they're volunteering to sweep. They want to vacuum. Nice. They wanna, and it's great because <laughs> now they want to do all these things that they wouldn't have even, you know, they weren't going there before at all, hardly. And now they're yeah. offering to all the time. And yeah, I know it's because they want to do something, but 
at least they're you know they have to put some skin in the game it's in getting order to, motivated yeah yeah i think that's reflective of real life especially as you get older is like you want something then you need to serve other people to acquire mm-hmm. that thing yeah. that serves yourself right we don't live in a in a world where we can constantly serve ourselves yeah I'm really curious how you find the balance because you're trying to yeah. you're you're trying to put out content, right? You want to put out music. You have the social mm-hmm. channels that you just talked about, the algorithms and all this stuff that you know you want to share and you want people to learn about your music. But with five mm-hmm. kids, and I know this is a struggle for me, definitely because a I used to be very private, not as much now. Once I started doing the morning show, that changed. But my wife isn't even on social mm-hmm. media. So there's this balance of mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. to share of the family. And people yeah. want to know, right? Because especially with the radio show and with right. what you guys do, they, they start following you a little bit and they hear the stories or whatever about the kids and they want to know and they want to see more. But but how do you decide what to share and what not to share? Yeah, the balance is so hard to, is. to understand in every aspect of life. And it's constantly... Like, I don't know if you've ever juggled, but like in real juggling, it's like, you can't just be like, okay, well, I balanced that round. Now they'll all be the same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's something that we've, we've been concerned just for the safety of our kids too. So we're careful about, you know, when we post and where we post and like what locations we tag and making sure, okay, we're actually gone from that location now that we can tag it just because you never know in this day and age, um, um, Unfortunately, there are some creeps out there. You try to wave them off. Ultimately, we've decided, because we have friends too that won't let their kids be videoed or photographed and, and put onto social media. And we understand that and we respect that. For us, we've decided that part of what we're doing is, I, I don't know, hopefully encouraging people, but but just sharing what we're doing. And that includes our kids. And is there an element of um, danger in that? Yeah, probably a risk. But we can't eliminate all of the risk from life or else you eliminate life itself. Since we're going to be traveling, Lord willing, for the next year or so, we wanted to kind of document this journey and be able to look back on the kids at this age and stuff. And for me personally, it's easier for me to be able to share it because it keeps me on track. If it was just like me doing it just for us, I would get so far behind because I would put it off like it wouldn't be a priority because um, nobody else would be waiting on it. You know what I mean? So that was a way for me to say, okay, I want to keep up with this. This is something I really want to do. I want to have the video documents of the next year. And so we decided to start the family vlog um, just to do that and then to share it with our friends and family back home. Um, in ways, I mean, it is, it's called a video journal, right? And whenever you journal something, it helps you stay on task, I think, better and, and to accomplish more. Um, and then to be able to go look back and be like, who was I? Where was I? And have I gotten better? Have I grown and developed as a person or as a family? Absolutely. Because I think it's a lot easier just to sit at home or even like sit in the RV and be comfortable in the air conditioning rather than to get out and go do something. But nobody's going to want to tune into that. And so it really does push us to be better people. And we want to constantly being like be better and making ourselves grow and and pushing our kids to grow too to the next level and so we just did this hike um a couple days ago and it is an experience we will remember for the rest of our lives like it was an eight mile hike (laughs) and you can watch the vlog if you want to but like we got downpoured on it was a lightning storm we got soaked we were hiking out in the dark and um 
those kinds of experiences really, they test your character and your faith. And it was so good to see our kids. Like I have never seen them step up to a challenge like that before. They were amazing. They did so well. And it was so cool. And I think if, if we weren't pushing ourselves like that, it would be so easy just to sit at home and, and be chilling. But once we got done with that, we were so glad we did it. Yeah, things like that. So what we wanted to do was go see see if we could hike in to see the fireworks at Mount Rushmore on the third of July when when Trump was there, and, and there was this trail through the mount through the mountains that we could take, and um, but it was getting dark, and, and after the fireworks, one of our kids got really scared because of the because of the dark and the unknown and there was a lightning storm happening and, and you can understand that yeah. fear and so it's so good to, i think to push ourselves into these places where we're uncomfortable and then to encourage each other to to rise up to be courageous because more than ever i think we need to be courageous to do things that we've never done or to do things better than we've ever done yeah and at the end of that hike he he wasn't crying anymore well i mean even you know a couple minutes later he was like okay we're going to be fine. We can do this. We can get out of this. So that was really good, I think, for him to to realize, you know, like, we're not going to die out here. We're going to be just fine. When imagine for somebody like that, too, who doesn't like the unknown, if they're never put into a position where they're forced to, to confront the unknown or, or to if they're never put into uncomfortable situations where, you know, they have to they have to scramble a little bit and to figure it out. Yeah. Especially when it comes to adult life, how do you know how to handle a difficult situation if you never put yourself in an uncomfortable situation? Yeah. I, I just think about it almost daily is like, there's so many things is like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> like taxes is like, I don't like doing taxes. I'm not <laughs> sure I like the idea of taxes, <laughs> but it, there's so much of it. Like, especially like with having different businesses and organizations that I'm responsible for, I have to like I have to do new things when I'm doing that. And, and that's exhausting because I'm approaching something new. I, I took helicopter flight lessons for a while and that's exhausting because it's like you, you doubt yourself all the time. Can I do this new thing? Can I homeschool my kids? Cause I've never done it. Will they be complete failures? And is it going to be my fault or whatever it is? Or can I sell my giant 4,500 square foot house and live in a tiny RV with my five children? Or yesterday our <laughs> fridge quit working cause it was all getting frosted. And I was like, I've never taken apart a fridge before, but <laughs> <laughs> if I jump into it and, and I find that the, when you just start jumping into things, you just be like, I'm not going to dwell on this anymore. I'm just going to start doing it. And when mm -hmm. you start doing it, you're like, it's not okay. That bad. It's not that bad. I yeah. can figure this out. And, and then, and then you do. So did you, you figure feel, out the fridge? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, well, I, we think so. We think it was the thermostat that's supposed to operate the defroster in the freezer. And so, uh, we, we got a new one. I installed that this morning and we'll see, we'll see if it defrosts or it keeps it defrosted or not. It's not. been getting cold this afternoon. So I yeah. did it work. I like what you said about just jumping into it though, because I was getting all intimidated this morning about a situation when I was trying to pour over all of the numbers and stuff that I was talking to you guys about a few minutes mm -hmm. ago with reporting. And the guy I was working with at the end of it, he's like, he's like, man, you did way better than most people I've ever worked with. And I'm like, well, wow. I was ready. To, I thought I was going to fall flat on my face. And he said, That's sometimes, awesome. like you just said, sometimes you just got to oh. get into it <laughs> and like dive in and then because it's yeah. the unknown, right? For me, it's I get worried yeah. about the unknown or if I if I don't know something, then I don't know how I'm going to finish the right. tasking that needs to be done on a timeline. So then you start stressing about it. And he said to me, he goes, you know what? Mm -hmm. 
it's okay. And these people you work with trust you. It's okay for you to say, I don't have the answer to that question, but I can get it for you. And to know that it's okay to be like, I'm going to throw my hand up on this one because I'm not sure, but I'll get back to you. And just knowing that that's okay, because it seems like, especially these days, it's so easy to get stressed out with so many different challenges out there that people, Mm -hmm. people are afraid Mm -hmm. to raise their hand and just say, I need help. And I think that it's probably more important than ever for people to raise their hand and say, Hey, I need some help on this. Attitude is everything too. Right. Cause, and even just in asking for help, there's different ways you can be that you can do that. Right. You'd be like, Hey, I need some help here. Right. Or you could be like, Hey, can you help me with this? Cause I'm not sure I get it. And I want to understand, right. Like there's so, and, and boy, boy, We're teaching that to our kids. <laughs> yeah. But I'd love to teach it to like people driving down the road or people walking through the store. Like it seems like tensions are higher than ever socially. And and the attitude is everything. If you approach the unknown or the uncomfortable with this, like, we'll get through this. This will be okay. Mm-hmm. Boy, it makes it not just your life better, but everybody else too. Yeah, I've found that even though people can't see the smile behind the mask is to smile and you know say nice things to people or try and make them laugh at the grocery store has been helpful the few times that I've actually been out. And mm-hmm. we were at the mm-hmm. coast this past weekend, and my, my buddy Michael is just – shaking his head he's like you're nuts i'm like well you know what the lady working the dq drive up needs a laugh too you know so why not why not have some fun with life and, that's and hopefully, right you know because Good for you. how many of these people working at these stores right well, now people are, need it right now there's such a need for it and the funny thing is the dichotomy that is that you think by being rude and self-centered that you'll be more fulfilled, right? That's the natural tendency. But the truth is that the more you give and the yeah. more you self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. the more fulfilled you are and the better your life is. You serve one another. Partly because you're making everybody else's life better by just like not being a pain to be around. <laughs> oh, what a concept, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Erica, tell <laughs> me about the book. Didn't you write a children's yes, book? I did, yeah. We have two of them out now, actually. Um, Tippy the Owl is the first one, and the second one is called Hop the Bunny, and it's about two little woodland creatures who help each other through some difficult times. So um, pretty cute. If you go onto YouTube and type in Tippy the Owl, you can hear the voice of our son. He was three at the time, and their little kid voices are so cute. So there's a read-to-me version on, on YouTube there. Yeah, I'll send one to you for your kids. That'd oh, be yeah, awesome. Definitely. They're um, like cardboard books. Uh, they're children's books and they are available, of course, at tippytheowl.com. We have a, we started a company called Clothespin Books for book publishing and uh, you can get it there or even on Amazon. And we have another one we're hoping to get out for Christmas uh, that's kind of in the series, but uh, given the nature of the world right now, it, it may be difficult to get that done. Yeah. We will see. What was the inspiration for putting together a children's book or books? Yeah, I never sought out to be an author. I never thought of myself as an author, but I did write poetry, you know, as a kid, and that kind of started my songwriting. So I've always loved to rhyme, um, to rhyme words and phrases in my head. And one day I I saw a little, we have a little egg timer that's an owl. And I was just sitting there and I don't know, this story just popped into my head. Like the first couple of lines of the book popped into my head. And so um, 
she wrote a story for the kids. So I wrote the like story for the kids. Constantly yeah. trying to entertain the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like years. I mean, we I had that story written for a couple of years. And finally, I think we read it to a friend of ours down in San Diego and an angel investor in the book company. And he paid for the first run of books and we sold it out within a month. So we were really happy about that. We're still so trying that, to figure it out. But yeah, mm -hmm. we had to figure out how to do the whole publishing and printing thing and by we he means him he did a ton of research <laughs> he he learned a lot about book publishing and um yeah he made it happen truly that's so awesome what else are you guys involved in that i don't know about besides music and books and blogging <laughs> and blogging and traveling across well, the country in an rv and being on the voice so, yeah so not only does matt and i research everything including book publishing <laughs> um, but he also is a writer and has kind of started that journey of finding his voice as an author and figuring out um you know what that looks like for him so do you want to talk about that yeah I, i'm it just it takes so much discipline but but there's a lot that for a long time that i've wanted to to write mostly is not like novels or anything like that just um books books about life yeah life and relationships and things like that so hopefully we'll be publishing more books and there's other things that we've other ideas we have and um uh, that's one of our my biggest downfalls is too many ideas too many things i want to go do and um and get distracted by and so he wants to start a carbon fiber company <laughs> yeah. he's like i'm always, obsessed with carbon he fiber he really is he's always dreaming okay i could make that out of carbon fiber oh i could make that out of carbon fiber and he's like he actually has made several things out of carbon fiber and i'm like seriously so so yeah someday there will probably be a carbon fiber company that makes uh different um uh, equipment uh, and then um just recently we had an appliance uh, an idea to make appliances kitchen appliances better so that's uh, <laughs> that's not even in the works well, i mean it's barely it's in the design process right now but um hopefully within a year or two we'll start having kitchen appliances yeah it's our biggest downfall is too many ideas not enough hours in the day well i was going to ask you guys how the two of you have time for each other with all of the kids and all of the things you're trying to accomplish it's nice because our bedroom has a door and so <laughs> we have a little bit more privacy now so after the kids go to bed that's kind of our time we we are trying to get better at m making them have a pretty strict bedtime it's hard in the summer because it stays light for so long um but we've decided that they'll be fine to read in their beds for a while or to to write or um, color or whatever but that's their quiet time and we're able to come out and get some recording done in the trailer while they're falling asleep and then um, kind of have our time you know after the kids are in bed because once they're up it's just like a zoo mm -hmm. yeah and like you get you you date and you get married and you have these hopes and expectations to spend a lot of time together and and have times of intimacy and times to talk with and then you have kids and they interrupt all of that and and we love the kids and and they're great fun but there is at least for me I feel oftentimes like so exhausted in ways and frustrated cuz like I just want I just want them to be married to this person I don't know what all you other people are doing <laughs> how you got here but um and so realizing like, okay, my life has changed at least for a time. And now I have to like, I, I simply don't get as much, um, quiet or alone time with my wife as I would like, 
but I do get all this time with these precious little children and and see them grow up and then and hopefully that will develop and strengthen and enrich our relationship so that when the last kid does move out um, our alone time will be that much better yeah one of the fun things my mom always used to say growing up is she would say to to us kids we chose each other we had you guys and that's always kind of a funny thing but it reminds me that like he has Matt and I has to be my first priority you know like the kids um it's easy I think especially as a mom to to want to give them all of my time but I have to realize that I have to protect my relationship with my husband or else our family unit will dwindle quickly um and and when the family's not strong the kids aren't strong the the mom isn't strong you know like we our relationship has to be a priority or else it just doesn't work right (laughs) It goes back to what you were saying about balance, right? Mm-hmm. About balancing every aspect of life because your your family unit can't be about the children, but it also can't be about the father or about the mother. It has to be balanced across everything. And that's actually one of the books I'm writing. It's called The Tightrope and it's about balancing everything from political to job to family and, and everything in between. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point because I think it's easy for people to get lost in the day to day and with as many distractions as there is these days that we've talked about, you know, during this podcast episode that so many different things mm-hmm. pulling people each different direction. They feel like they want to share and then what they are sharing isn't even necessarily reality, you know, and so um it's a challenge these days. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what is life without challenges? Right. right. <laughs> we want those challenges. Um, at least we need those challenges and we need to want them. We try to welcome them with good attitudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes we're good at that and others not. <laughs> Timing is everything, right? It's just uh, life is throwing constant curveballs and, and just to be able to step back and hopefully put it in like slow motion so you can hit them easier. You know, that's the key, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's weird how time works because it feels like you're just struggling and it's like, man, they're going to be little forever. Like this toddler stage is hard and or they're they're arguing and are they ever going to grow out of that? But then like a couple of years go by and it's like, wait a second, we're not dealing with what we were dealing with a couple of years ago. Like we've passed that. And now all of a sudden we have a 12 year old. You know, and like, it's just weird how like it feels so constant. It feels like forever you're going to be struggling with these same things, but it really does go by fast. I'm trying to remind myself of that daily. We were talking about uh, our oldest and realizing that, uh, you know, fifth grade was cut short or was was finished differently than what it would have been. And they didn't watch Mm -hmm. the video, right? The video about how life changes and uh, realizing that we were there all of a sudden mm. and how did that happen so quickly? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Time marches on and uh, <laughs> there's been so many songs written about it that I think are really healthy to listen to. And one of the things I think is so good for us is to constantly remember or to challenge ourselves to, again, just be, be present in this moment and realize that it's fleeting as difficult as it is or something, or to try to find the joy in it, try to find the humor or the peace. Well, and knowing that it's developing, it's making you better. It's making you stronger Mm -hmm. and, you know, developing your character. You know what I'd like to do if you guys are up for it is at the end of the journey, I don't know which way you're going to come home, but I think Mm -hmm. it would be awesome 
to touch base with you guys at the end of the year or whenever that is, you know, your year journey or if it ends up being a little bit longer, if you happen to be coming through the Mm -hmm. area and we can hook up that way, it'd be awesome. If we have to hook up, you know, via the internet, that's fine too. But I think it'd be really cool to do a follow-up with you guys once you're done to, to look back at this and and just talk about some of the things that you guys were able to do and where you feel like you're at then compared to where you're at now yeah we'd love that uh and we love actually the area where you live I, I, that's one of the most beautiful spots in the country i think yeah well i do have rv hookups if you you know want to pull the giant rv in here and plug it in and, oh, yeah. nice. if, you, if you need to uh this <laughs> offer convenient. isn't going out to everyone but to you guys you know you can you can pull it in and we could <laughs> we, we could do the uh we could do the podcast nice. in the trailer we could do it in your rv we could do it in my rv or we could do it in the garage where this podcast started so it would it would be fun if you guys were able to come through nice no pressure but if you decide you want to what else do you guys want to touch on before i let you go i'm i definitely want to make sure you get your your different social media platforms out there and let people know how they can follow along because i think it's really awesome what you guys are doing yeah thanks you thanks so much you can um we have a lot of different accounts um so it's hard to know where to point people clothespin books is on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Corbin Family is where we're putting all of our family vlogs. And then uh, my music is under Erica Corbin. And Matt Naya has his stuff under his name, Matt Naya. So we can put some, we can send you some links. We have a, a duo, music duo thing that we're putting out too called Haley and Jupiter. And um, that's yet to be released, but it will be here in the next month or so. That's fantastic. Well, Erica and Matt and I, this has been a lot of fun and uh, it was really cool learning a little bit more about you guys and the journey that you're on. And And I'm definitely uh, following along already for sure on Instagram so I can see the updates on uh, what you guys are up to and where you are and what you're doing. I will live vicariously through you. And uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time because I know you've got a lot of things you're trying to accomplish. (laughs) But this has been a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much. We were honored to be a part of this. We're excited for you and what you're doing and can't wait to meet you face to face, hopefully in the next few months. Yeah. Again, thanks so much for having us. Uh, It's been good for us. And uh, of course, we'll uh, we'll spread the word about your podcast here and uh, uh, look forward to hearing, you know, who else you have on. Because I think that's a great as a great thing is to talk to ordinary people and remind other ordinary people that just because you're ordinary doesn't mean you can't do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the ordinary people have a lot of extraordinary things hidden that a lot of people don't know about. So it's cool Mm -hmm. to shine a light on it and let people know that we're we all deal with similar things and we're all capable of doing amazing things. So mm-hmm. it's cool to hear the the inspiration and yeah. the, the, the positive awesome. things that you guys have talked about. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. It's Erica and Matt and I, Corbin, and uh, you can follow them on their social media platforms. And this has been uh, episode 37, Garage Talk with Jason Allen. And uh, you can find the podcast just about anywhere. It's uh, out there for you. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, GarageTalkPodcast.com. And uh, we'll be back again soon.